You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. To connect with Empirical Investing Radio, please call 1-866-472-5790. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. This is Ken Smith, your financial host, certified financial planner with a master's degree in financial analysis. Uh, some say I'm a maverick in the industry. I don't, I don't know if it's true. But I also have Ethan Broga sitting next to me. Ethan is a certified financial planner with a master's degree in financial planning. And this show, Empirical Investing Radio, has been designed to share with you our best insights on how to make a, a lifetime, hopefully, of smart financial decisions, whether it be investment decisions that you're making on how to invest and grow your money to achieve all your, your financial goals, uh, or the financial planning that should go along with smart investment decisions. Is that correct, Ethan? Exactly right, Ken. What is that financial planning? Well, it entails a lot of different things. Lots of stuff. Lots of lots of stuff is the way it's to put it. Good stuff. Yeah, but generally, it it, it includes uh, coordinating your investments with the other aspects of your financial life. So it could be a cool, refreshing beverage in the middle of the radio show, or it could be, you know, uh, retirement planning. Uh, could be tax planning. Um, could be insurance planning. Could be could be any number of things that sound mundane, but they're yet they're very very important. Excellent. Indeed. Well, on the on the show today, I, I thought we would f- start with a follow up from the last week's program. We we had a, a, a client, uh, a pro- I'm, I'm sorry, a uh, listener. I forgot what world I'm in here. <laughs> <laughs> we had a listener. I think it was Frank something or other. And uh, I think so. Yeah, he was asking about how much money he should uh, take out of his IRA account and put into the Mega Millions. Yeah, Frank, if you're out there, uh, maybe let us know. Yeah, Frank, give us a shout-out. And um, anyway, I had suggested no more than a single dollar. And uh, he said in in his email to us that since the expected return was positive, he he made that presumption. And I looked up some numbers that I want to share and some interesting articles. I thought we could talk about that. And then you had an article you wanted to talk about today. I think it was an investment, uh, kind of a quarterly update kind of deal. Report. Yeah, just kind of rehashing the last uh, quarter's uh, market performance because it was a pretty stellar quarter. And uh, this is the first radio show entering the new quarter, so I thought we could could talk about some of those things. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And if we have enough time, I think we also could talk more about the the, uh, Retirement Advantage program that we discussed. Uh, I think it was a show or two ago that we didn't quite quite finish up. We didn't. We didn't even come close. Not even close. Actually, we were barely scratching the surface. Indeed. So why don't you give out our contact information and uh, you know our call to action for listeners and other and, and financial advisors out there? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, first of all, if you uh, are listening to the show today and you'd like to reach out and, and touch ask, faith, ask a reach question out or, or contribute faith. in any any way, feel free to give us a call here. Uh, it's a live show today. The number is eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or if you're like Frank and like to use email, go ahead. It's uh, contact. At EMPIRadio.com. Frank's our hero now. And, of course, we'll be happy to, to take your call today. Um, Just keep trying. If you're an individual investor out there and you're actually looking for some uh, some prudent financial guidance, uh, we are obviously would be happy to get together on a one-on-one basis or even just talk on the phone about your situation. 
And there you can reach us at the office here in the Empirical Headquarters in downtown Seattle. That's HQ. That's right, HQ. At uh, 206-923-3474. Or, or can what? The 800 line is 800-923-4307, right? That is correct, right. Amundo. So that can uh, tie you directly to our office, and feel free to ask for Ken or Ethan. Uh, we'd be happy to, to speak with you. Um, we actually would offer a few different things that, um, you know, our takeaways, regardless whether or not you sign up with us or work, we work together on an ongoing basis, uh, we'd happily provide you with a few uh, takeaways that would uh, no, no doubt point you in the right direction as to um, the types of things you should be doing in your, your financial life. And lastly, if you are a professional investor out there um, that's perhaps looking to partner up with a well-established firm that's developed a, a great track record of, of helping clients and an infrastructure uh, to serve them well, we would love to hear from you, you too. So give us a call. That 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 sounds great, Ethan. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Okay. Well, hey, listen. I was um, following up here with Frankie. I hope he doesn't mind. We call him Frankie. I feel like we've grown to to know each other. Yeah, we're coming friends. Uh, um, and he was talking about the Mega Millions, right? We were we were talking about it. And, and as far as I know, there was three winning tickets that have been identified. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Three winning tickets. However, I, I was just reading they didn't. They haven't actually uh, come forward yet. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's I had, right. I heard so they They said it said that uh, um, they have until September twenty eighth. I think. Should I double check um, my ticket? You might want to double check that action. Just going to see if I can pull up the. It says. Um, Anyone who bought the Mega Million tickets at the Baltimore store where the winning ticket was sold oh. last week, check your tickets. Maryland's lottery director, uh, Stephen Martino, called a news conference today to dispel rumors that the state's winner had already come forward. Oh. So, uh, yeah. I didn't buy mine in Maryland, though. So He I said he know. feared the doctored images of winning tickets over social media and April Fool's Day tales. <laughs> I forgot about the April Fool's. I had a couple of jokes planned in the hopper myself. Oh. Um, had led, that day. Yeah. Had led the, the real winner to dispose of their ticket. The ticket has not been claimed. Um, blah, blah, blah. I thought there was um, three. And uh, so anyway, let's get to, the, let's get to the, the crux of this thing. So I, we have a, a research associate. Eric Lair here, who's got uh, quite a, an extensive uh, educational background in computational mathematics and such. And I had promised last week I'd look a little bit more into the statistics. And um, as usual, I, I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver on that. Of course you are. So, uh, and it was, there's a cool little Forbes article I was just reading too. And I, I um, it's on the printer. We kind of got started. But uh, he, he covered how. Um, I was right last week when I said, well, the more, yeah, if you want to grab, grab it, it. Uh, or I think I printed two. Um, well, I think Ethan's grabbing that off the printer. The, the gist of it that he points out is that every time the, the Mega Millions have gotten over $330 million or so, that uh, there's been between two and four winners. And I was saying last week, yeah, as the pot goes up, it would seem, um, would seem, it would seem logical that more people would play. And because of that, the, the odds of more people winning would go up as well. Oh, thanks, Ethan. Just hot off the presses here. And, uh, yeah, he, here it is. It's Mark Prosser, uh, contributor at Forbes. If you just go to Forbes.com, Mega Millions winnings, all hype, no real payout to the players or states. He goes on on a big thing about 
how the states are really it's not helping them that much and blah blah blah. But I don't. Uh, he said, "Hey, I have uh, a dis. <clears throat> I've always had a distaste for lotos for almost three decades. I've tried to convince my my mother not to spend two dollars a week on this money losing proposition. Typically, lotteries pay out fifty to sixty percent of what they could collect." Uh, what they collect to, play, to players, this is far worse than any table game in Vegas. Vegas, baby. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. <laughs> My mother knows that she's unlikely to win the lotto. However, like any speculator, she spends more time imagining what she will do with her winnings than she does calculating the odds. <laughs> <laughs> For the latest Mega Millions, and now we'll work through the math on this and, and jump in where I had Eric run some numbers. Uh, okay. So for the last uh, latest Mega Millions, the odds of selecting the correct number were 1 in 176 million. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, you're going up against some some pretty tough odds there. Um, and so if you were calculating out the expected return, um, if you go to Vegas and you go to a casino and you walk in and say you're going to play roulette, right? It doesn't matter how many other players put the same the chip on the same number as you do. Right. If you hit that number, you get the payout that you were going to get. So they don't say, hey, if you hit, you know, if you pick 16, which is my birthday, July 16th, all our fans want to send a birthday cards in. I'll make a mental note of that. A card from you. Um, <laughs> Usually we're celebrating together. My birthday is July, July 22nd. Oh, right, right. So make a note of that. If you're <laughs> indeed, if you're down at the casino, anyway, sixteen is what is a, is a lucky number, and uh, if you put all your chips on that, and and so did everyone else at the table, you're each going to get your payout the same as it was. And what is it, thirty, thirty, uh, thirty times thirty? Yeah, something like that. Um, Maybe thirty. I know they have it tilted because of the double zero and the double zero, right? Yeah. And then, so whatever that is, uh, what in this case it gets the pocket split between winners. Yeah, the jackpot here, the mega millions. Yeah, uh-huh. the mega millions. So every I was saying when you stepped out, every uh, uh, Mark here is stating every mega million jackpot that succeeded three hundred thirty million has had between two to four winning tickets, and certainly the tickets uh, sales increase as we get to these astronomical uh, winnings in six hundred fifty six. So. He's saying if you took an average, then I'll say three, um, you come out with, you know, something like, uh, he said each winner was entitled to, there were three winning tickets. Each winner would be then entitled to $218.6 million over 20 years. Now, if you take that as a lump sum cash, and he kind of gets into a little future value of a dollar being worth, uh, you know, a dollar in 20 years from now is worth less than a dollar today. Right. But if you so, if you said, "Hey, I want all my cash now, because uh, I want to spend, I want to have a good time," and um, then then you wouldn't receive that amount, right? The amount uh, would come down to something like one hundred and fifty-seven point eight million dollars. Now, because you're going to receive that as cash, it's going to be taxed. You're going to get taxed on that. So if you just said, "Hey, I'm going to pay thirty-five percent tax," now you're down to one hundred and two million. I don't know if you could live on that, Ethan. I'm depressed right now. Yeah. From 116 to, what'd you say? 100 million? You're down to 102 million. Oh, 102.57 million. Why bother? Yeah. Why waste your time? Why bother playing the lot of That's chump change. Chump change for you. 
<laughs> right. Um, would you trade in the Camry, do you think, or you just upgrade it, get some chrome rims on it and a nice sound system? I probably would get tinted windows. Something like that. Maybe tint the windows, lower it down. Yeah. Put one of those huge mufflers on the back. Well, like, I probably wouldn't lower it, but I would tint the windows. And I, I like and those mufflers. lights underneath and the hydraulic system. I think about it. All right. Think about it. Uh, I think that's what Lauren has on his uh, Subaru, right? I think so. <laughs> Him and Mike. Those guys are twins rolling around with Subarus. But um, similar. anyway, let's stay focused, Ethan. As possible, I don't know. Um, Lauren's looking at me through the window. That's why he's joking around. <laughs> there he is. Uh, okay, where was I in the math? So the expected payout of these tickets, um, if you take $102.57 million, here's Eric's math, and you divide that by your, your odds of uh, you know 1 in 176 million, right? You have uh, an, an expected payout of 0.58, so 58 cents. And the cost of the ticket is uno dollaro. That's one dollar. That's one dollar right. for the laymen <laughs> who aren't in the financial biz. <laughs> That's what we call. <laughs> I think you have too many Diet Cokes today or something. All right. Just trying to have some fun. No, I like it. Okay. Expected value of the ticket is you take your, your 58 cents winnings minus the dollar you put in, and it's a negative 42 cents. Um, so Frank was, was, was not correct about the expected payoff. I just wasn't sure what the uh, effect was on the other players. And so it was nice when I read Mark about, you know, there typically are two to four um, winners every time you get the pot over $330 because so many people are playing. And then when you net out the cash and you net out a few the taxes and things like that, you're down to a negative 42 cents. So I'm glad that we told Frank only to take a dollar out of his uh, his IRA to, to play. Yeah, and that, my advice was not to take it out of the IRA. It would just be yeah, take it from something else. That's a good point. Right. I was only teasing about taking oh, it out of the IRA. Of just so everyone knows, I would be kind of silly to pay the 10% penalty. And, and tax. But now you're down to 90 cents. Already. <laughs> then pay the tax. Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. Wouldn't be wise. Okay. We got a couple minutes here before break. I think we're doing the 16-minute intervals. If if you have any comments about this lottery situation or any other investment idea that you're working on, again, give us a call during the show at 866-472-5790. Sorry, did I hear a niner there? That's right. Niner. Um, all right. Or or send that email as as Frank did to contact at empiradio.com. Hey, did uh, did Eric? That? That's the insight Eric, Eric provided. That's what we did, right? That's, that's yeah, that's Eric. Eric. Okay. Yeah. yeah I he, mean, you, you want to see? Yeah, he did a great job on that. Yeah. Oh, thanks, he, Eric. He just did the math. This is like he just did the math. Oh wow. Here it looks so simple. It's not complicated. It doesn't look complicated there. All right. Well, that's great. That's so. You had an article. Where do you want to start? You want to finish your you you were in, last week. You were talking about the retirement advantage, and we can kind of queue it up for for the before we go on a break. Here looks like it was, yeah, four minutes. Uh, do you want to pick up on that? I say we pick up on that. Okay. Because I was so I was enthralled. I was on the edge of my seat. I, and I, I'm glad we can get back to this. All right. <laughs> Should I start now or later? Oh, righty then. Let's do it now. All right. Well, I think at the end of the last show, or maybe it was the show before it, now I'm getting a little confused. It's all flowing together. Yeah. 
anyway, we, we talked about this retirement advantage program that we've been, been working on. And I think the initial uh, part of the discussion was surrounding uh, Social Security benefits, if I recall correctly. There's numerous steps, but this is generally step, well, one of the steps anyway. And it was a unique situation where, um, you know, as you are entering retirement, uh, I was saying that, uh, maybe just a recap, uh, entering retirement, you're, you're generally for the first time in your probably adult working life going to be in a pretty low tax bracket relative to when you are working. Most folks, at, uh, let's say you retire at 60, and if you've been working your whole adult life, you're likely going to be in you know the, the 10 or maybe even 15% tax bracket at that time because you don't have any income. Unless you win the mega millions. Yeah. Well, in that case, yeah. well, we're not, not too concerned about the taxes, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. So there are some opportunities that exist during that period of time that probably didn't exist before, and, and before too long, if you don't do something about it, it might go away. Um, and what I mean by that is that usually by the time you're, you're 70, um, you've obviously already claimed Social Security. And if you have any money in your IRA accounts um, uh, beforehand, those have been growing over time, and now it's become time to take minimum required distributions. So typically without, you know, if, you have, if you're fortunate enough to have a million dollars saved in an IRA at age 60, by the time you're 70, that'll be about $1.7, $1.6 million. That's pretty juicy. And the required minimum at that age is significant. You know, we're talking around um, sixty or $70,000 just in year one of the required minimum distribution. Um, that on top of Social Security benefits yeah. means you're going to be in, unless you have some uh, deductions, which typically go away as you get older. You know, if you have a, you typically have paid off your, your mortgage by the time you're 70, uh, you have less deductions in general. So your taxable income is going to be probably in the 15 or 25 percent bracket. You're going to get hammered on that pretty easily without doing much, you know. Um, and that's probably surprising to most folks because that's similar to the tax bracket they're probably in now while they're working. Um, so the whole system is designed, in, in essence, to minimize taxes over your lifetime so that more money is in your pocket during retirement. Okay. So the first step is we're getting ready to roll into break here is making sure that you make the right decisions around Social Security while you're before you take it or just go out and take it earlier. Right. Um, it requires an examination of what's likely to be the best way to receive benefits for you and if you married your spouse. Okay. And there's a, a big, some interplay there between your own work, uh, own benefits record and your spouse's benefits record and how those work together that um, are frequently overlooked. All right. I, I think we got to take a breather. Okay. So we'll uh, take a quick break. We'll come back around and uh, pick up on this retirement advantage. Be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm my name is simon Liu, portfolio manager with empirical wealth management inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307 that's 1-800-923-4307 or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Hi, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio with... Ken and Ethan, we, uh, if you want to chime in on the show here, at, uh, you can send us an email, contact at empiradio.com. This is live. Or call us at 866-472-5790. And if you have any questions about, uh, say, you're getting pretty close to retirement and uh, you're wanting to make sure that you're making the best possible decisions that's what we're talking about. Feel free to call us and we can answer some questions. Well, uh, if any of the things that Ethan's talking about, he's put a, a checklist together of things that, that uh, can literally add up to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. for, the, for, for the average person over the course of their retirement horizon. And, uh, and I've been working on a little paper, Ethan, that I'm going to send out with our quarterly, our quarterly communication about designing a retirement distribution system in the current market times. And uh, as I was doing some of that research, uh, I verified some statistics that um, were done by two, two organizations, the CFP Board, uh, Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards, they engaged uh, uh, an agency to do a financial consumer survey, and part of the survey is determining what are the most important factors in uh, people's financial lives right now. And so the survey, I think, was conducted just in 2009. Um, and one of the top, I think there was about 17 that they had listed, but one of the top concerns or most important things were generating retirement income. That's what's on people's minds. And um, they go on in that uh, paper to talk about um, the statistics they've, in the survey they conducted. It was a national survey. How many people have financial plans and uh, and also keep those plans updated regularly? And the percentage is, is somewhat, as a financial planner, uh, you and I, percentage kind of shocks me 
um, but it's 17% of, of the people surveyed uh, have ever generated a financial plan and, and, and periodically keep it up updated. Mm-hmm. Um, so a very low percentage, but another uh, statistic that I pulled up was um, from a, a different agency, the uh, it's the Employee Benefits um, Agency, and they did a survey, and they uh, for the last 2009, 10, 11 through the all the way through to uh, March, just a few weeks ago, um, the the most current, they were they're checking on how confident people are. Um, that they will be able to retire comf- comfort- comfortably. Sorry, and and the statistic on that, Ethan, is at historic lows, um, and it's fourteen percent. Wow, fourteen percent of the people surveyed said that they are are confident that they can retire comfort- comfortably. Hmm. So I think there's a correlation between. I'm putting it in the in the paper. But I think there's a an, an interesting correlation, and and uh, I'll let you get back to what you're talking about. But I think it ties into why you need to take and follow the steps that you're mentioning. Because if you think that that we're we're have tough market times ahead of us, what the things that you're talking about don't rely or have anything to do with stock market or bond market returns, right? Correct. The money that you're generating through this strategization that you've coordinated here right. is not some weird scheme to beat the market or you know do anything with the market. It's about saving on taxes yep. and, and, maximize uh, and maximizing your income through the decisions you make there. Yep. So in conclusion, uh, with this planning thing, I think I just wanted to mention on the uh, – uh, what I think happens with these surveys. First of all, people should be, I think, in good times and in bad times, they should have a financial plan. Everyone should have some kind of plan if they care about, if they care about, uh, you know, living comfortably in retirement, which apparently they do because that's the top, one of the top four out of these almost two dozen issues that they organized of financial planning issues, right. people said, hey, that's one of the modes of getting retirement income um, and generating that and having confidence in that. That is one of the top concerns, yet they do very little planning around that. And I think, Ethan, that during good economic times, uh, people assume that that even though they don't have a financial plan, I think they falsely assume that they're fine. And part of that is I think they assume that their investments will continue to do very well. Mm-hmm. And or that they'll have a great job and get pay raises and all these things, even though that may not be true because they haven't done any planning. So, because the the number, the percentage uh, of planning isn't really changed. It's it's their confidence in their ability. To, that's the number that's at historical right. lows, mm-hmm. um, which I find interesting because I think if, if it was me and I wasn't comfortable or I was concerned about something, I would take some kind of steps on my own to figure it out. Hey, what can I do? Rather than just throw my hands up and kind of follow the herd and say, hey, well, everybody's experiencing tough times, so why should I plan or worry about it? We're all just going to suffer. You know. Well, really, there are a lot of things that you can do, um, some of which you're talking about. Okay, go ahead. Great. Thanks, Ken. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it is, as you mentioned, uh, these things are not dependent on what the market does. 
but what these these planning strategies do do is allow you the luxury of potentially taking on less investment risk altogether because you've secured you've paid less in taxes and you you're, you're going to take more from Social Security. So correspondingly puts less pressure on your portfolio for performance purposes, right. and that could be taken. Hey, maybe I don't. Maybe I can take, uh, or I would construct a portfolio that does has have less risk than I otherwise would, mm-hmm. which is a re- very real thing. And we can experience risk any time. Obviously, I'm sure our listeners out there know that with uh, the most recent you know, downturn we experienced in 2008-2009. These strategies are not market dependent, but they are extremely important to saving money and, and getting more out of retirement. So the first one was uh, was Social Security, and uh, we all are pretty familiar with what, in general, Social Security is. Um, but there's a couple of key things about it that are pretty unique. Uh, one of those things is that Social Security payments adjust for inflation, which is nice. Which is very nice. I mean, most you, know, you put money in your in your at a bank or in a CD; those things are not adjusting for inflation. So over time, um, the cost of living goes up, and the cost of living increases through Social Security are meant to help keep up with that. It also is tax advantage where. Um, not all of your Social Security income is taxed, so it's a pretty unique vehicle there as well. Um, and you get it for as long as you live, and it's backed by the government, so it's as good as buying a U.S. Treasury. So some pretty unique things about Social Security. I know you address that concern that it won't be around, so some people who might feel yeah. right now that are, are in that decision-making point of, should I take it early, should I take it at normal age, or should I defer, right? You've talked about sure. in your presentation a little bit about, well, should you be concerned that if I don't grab it now, I'll somehow regret it later because they'll take it away? Yeah, and my view on that is is no. Um, You're going to go ahead and say no? Yeah, I don't think that's an enormous concern. I mean, okay. clearly there, there are some things wrong with Social Security, but when you hear the news and you hear people talking about it, they're, they're typically mentioning or talking about uh, the Social Security Trust Fund going bankrupt. we got to put a lockbox on it. Right, something like that. <laughs> At current, at current pace, that trust fund that's been established, that's built up a surplus over the years, by, I should say, the trust fund has been growing over the years because there's a surplus in income from Social Security, you know, people paying into Social Security. Right. The payments go in this trust fund. Um, and right now it's set to, uh, it would be exhausted by 2036 at the current rate. Uh, that's what's what's scheduled to happen if nothing changes with the laws or, or anything like that. But even if that occurred, let's say the trust fund was exhausted tomorrow and you're currently receiving Social Security, would you would you receive a Social Security check the next day? And the answer is absolutely yes, you would receive a check the next day. Um, it would be less, no doubt, but I guess how much less it would be, Ken? Do you have any idea? Um, half, half off. Nope. Uh, it actually be, would be, they would pay 77 cents on the dollar. Wow. If the trust fund was zero tomorrow. So, and the reason for that is that primarily the, the most of the benefits that are currently being paid are through through current receipts. You know, people who are paying into Social Security, those monies are being turned around and, and being shipped out the next day. Okay. So that's that means that seventy percent of the current benefits would, would remain in, remain in place, even if the trust fund fund was exhausted. Now that isn't meaningless. That's obviously a big chunk, but it's far less than uh, far more than zero, right? right? Right. Which people have been concerned about. And secondly, the the fix for Social Security is not particularly hard. There just has to be some political will to get it done. And I think by the end of the day, at the end of the day, that will occur. Um, the fix really is as simple as raising Social Security taxes by 1%, you know, just a little over 1%. And by the way, I'm getting this information from the 2011 annual report of the Board of Trustees of the Federal Old Age Survivors Insurance and Federal Disability Insurance Trust. It's a big, long, long phrase there. But basically, the folks who run the Social Security program 
I'm getting this information from them when I yeah. talk about these specs. So if you were ma- if you were getting twenty four thousand dollars an example, two grand a, a month, yeah, um, the seventy seven percent would drop you down to eighteen thousand four eighty. Yeah. Okay. So definitely not painless. I'm saying, but certainly far far more than zero. Okay. And in my view, it's you know they, they did a revision of Social Security I think back in the eighties. Uh, the last time it needed a bit of a, a tune up or a checkup, and they made some some rule changes, and that's why we have now um, a slightly older retirement age uh, for some folks, including myself. Uh, relative to what happened before, yeah, and a guy like you, they'll do the same type of thing as we, as our society lives longer. You know, it's necessary to make changes to Social Security. Well, and I think that's part of why we're in this business is we want to help people plan for their own retirement. Yes, um, and not have to worry about what the government is going to do. Um, not to say that I don't I, that I don't want. The safety net, or or to have people get paid in Social Security. What I'm saying is, if I had a choice and I have the time frame to plan it out, I would be I would much rather take the prudent investment steps um, and prudent savings and budgeting steps, so that regardless of what happens to that particular program, I will be able to live comfortably in retirement and not become a burden on my family, uh, my kids, and future generation. I don't. That would be my ideal situation, and if I have excess money, I'd be happy to give it to charity or the, the other causes. I, it's not going to be a waste that I did proper planning and, and right. investing and saved and didn't didn't wait. You know, live on every single dollar that I earn. You know, yep. it, that's part of what we're what we're trying to do. And clearly, eighty three percent of the people haven't been interested in that. Right, right. Because right. only 17% right. of them have any kind of a plan. And, yeah. and um, So, continue on. Yeah. So, that's sort of the, the my answer to, you know, is, is Social Security going to even be around in the future? And I think, yeah, the answer is yes. It's very, very likely. I think we're, our time would be better spent not speculating on whether or not Social Security is going to be around and, and better spent uh, planning for the future with regards to how to structure your portfolio and assets and income streams uh, to their maximum benefit. And where that becomes a choice is somebody who has done what we've talked about. They've saved and, and built up other um, investments in retirement accounts or taxable accounts so that they can actually afford to defer it if that was – because if you don't have a choice, right? if you need it as quickly as possible. Yeah, different, right? Um, because you can't work or you're unwilling to go beyond age – what is it, 62? Yeah, the earliest. Is the early, that's a whole different – story here right and that's what i was saying having planning done well in advance in your life gives you more choices exactly right and and it is one of those things where people who have done that and who have accumulated wealth actually get more opportunities to plan but i don't know that that's unfair per se right because you spent you know your early years saving and putting money away when others didn't choose to i don't know that you should be penalized for that um and so it I, I think that it is nice that you have the ability then to make some decisions about do I need to take this now or as it ties into your other part of this, which is you know doing the conversions and, and some of that to reduce some of the minimum withdrawal in the traditional IRA. Yep. It, it, part of that allow, deferment allows you to take advantage of that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, so enough, enough about that part of this Social yeah, Security enough group. about that. Program, but uh, some of the main misconceptions too as to why people take thing, may take Social Security earlier 
which it may be in their economic best interest to wait, is because they don't quite understand the probability of, of, of aging. So, um, just like the mega millions probabilities. Yeah. Right. So, for example, if you're, you're single male, you're 62 years old, um, you have a, your life expectancy is age 82. So you're expected to live 20 more years at, at age 62. If you're female, age 62, your life expectancy is 85. If you're married, okay. though, the probability of either of you living to age, uh, to uh, an older age is extended. So the possibility or the likelihood of, of Either spouse, currently age 62, reaching um, age 89, is 50%. So that's the, that's life expectancy there. So by considering the joint life expectancy rather than each individual's life expectancy, you're actually it, it impacts the, the, the total value of Social Security benefits you would take, you would receive rather, over your lifetime. So you need to plan to live longer, particularly if you're married. In other words, that's what that, that's what I'm getting at there. Gotcha. And so a lot of times it's overlooked, and that may be you know it's additional. Uh, four years in this case, you know, if if you're 62 female, your life expectancy is 85. If you're married, um, both of you age 62. One of you, more likely than not, is going to live to almost 90 years old, and so you can plan to receive Social Security for a long, long period of time. Is my main point. Those are interesting statistics, indeed. Odds. And then the second thing that people don't really realize when you are married, you have some different choices as how to receive Social Security benefits. Um, and there's some things called what we call switching strategies um, that allow you to collect Social Security benefits under your spouse's earnings record for a period of time. Now, I'm not going to get all the, all the details, but in essence, if okay, yeah. about one minute left, yeah, just letting you know. Typical switching strategies are one of them is called file and suspend, and that's typically used if um, if a couple has one earnings record only, so you have one working spouse, um, but you're married. And then what's called a restricted application, which is typically used if you have if both spouses have worked and have two earnings records. Um, so depending on your situation and your life expectancy, you can figure out which strategy is likely to give you the best, you know, the, the most amount of payout of from Social Security over your lifetime. And that's what this strategy is about. That's pretty cool, man. And by the way, I'd be I would happily run this analysis for any of our. our well, I guess if I get overwhelmed with. You know, listeners requesting this information. Um, let's say the first five people who ask me for this <laughs> on the radio program. The I would be first five. I would be happy to do this for you. Uh, oh, and to wow. do this, I would actually need a copy of your your exact earnings record uh, to to um, build this personalized recommendation for you. Um, are you writing a check that your body can cash? I can definitely do five. I guarantee it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. anyway. <clears throat> it's a pretty neat tool. Okay. And it, it takes into consideration things that are typically missed uh, if people are doing things on their own. Wow. And because it's pretty hard. It's a complex situation, complex calculations to figure out. But that is the first leg of this retirement advantage program, uh, maximizing Social Security or, or optimizing Social Security for your situation. How much time do we have to break? Um, I think it's time for a breather. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll probably got to take a breather and we'll be right back. All right. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network we spend 70 percent of our week in the office what is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it the number one motivator is a positive work environment and that's where real recognition radio comes in 
Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, we're back. Uh, Empirical Investing Radio. Your co-host, Ethan Broga, alongside host, I should say, Ken Smith. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, before the break, we were just talking about uh, uh, Social Security benefits uh, as a part of our uh, retirement advantage program that we've developed here at Empirical. And, um, you know, again, again, I just reiterate, anybody who's listening out there and would like to have some help on them figuring out when to take and how, how to receive Social Security benefits, I'd be happy to help. And... Uh, Again, I, I would limit that, limit that to the first five callers or, or emails. But yeah, I would take advantage of that. It's a uh, it's a pretty slick, pretty slick analysis how this works. It's a pretty pretty interesting subject, and I, I, well, I don't know if slick is a good word well, to use. Maybe not in this context, but <laughs> it's it's a neat program that, that we use to, to utilize uh, yeah. to figure out benefits, and uh, I have no doubt it has high value. So I'd be happy to do that. The, the next part of our um, our retirement advantage yeah. program focuses on. Something I like a lot, a uh, which are Roth conversions. Okay, things that I think are highly underutilized in the world of uh, uh, financial advice and investing. Um, they've been around for quite some time, but I don't think most people, you know, truly understand uh, the, the long-term potential impact of doing Roth conversions. Because more money in your traditional IRA could lead to more problems. 
Well, certainly as you you get you you age, uh, as you approach age seventy and then beyond, um, you will be required to take minimum distributions from those IRAs. And whether or not you need the cash, that's the thing. So it's no problem if you need the money. You know, that's not a problem for anybody. But if you don't, or if you don't need it all, then you're being really being forced to pay tax on money you'd rather not take out of the IRA. Um, so for that reason, I think it makes some sense in terms of planning to try to take money out of the IRA account when you are in a low tax bracket, you know, and, and you expect to be in a higher tax bracket in the future. And again, for most retirees who, who amassed, say, a million dollars in an IRA by age 60 and have some money in a taxable account as well, I'm talking to you specifically, uh-huh. you will be in a similar tax bracket as you were during your working years beyond age 70 if, if those are your circumstances. So it's a good time to, to plan to move money from one account, one IRA, tax-deferred, to a tax-free Roth if you can. And uh, maybe we can take a step back and just analyze or, or talk a bit about what a Roth conversion actually is. Yeah, let's do it. And I wouldn't mind if the music was turned out a little bit lower. I, Simon, why do you have to do this? <laughs> All right. We're trying to run a professional show here. This is important information. This definitely is. It's, it, it's life-changing so again, the, uh, the, the, the yeah. whole idea with the Roth conversion is that if you expect being a higher tax bracket later, it may be worth paying a little less tax now to convert money to a Roth IRA. And really, Roth conversion is moving the idea of moving one one money some money from one bucket to another bucket. So let's say, for example, you're you're 60 years old now. You have a million dollars in an IRA, and you move ten thousand dollars a cool mill huh? of that IRA to your Roth IRA. Okay. Assuming that returns were zero for the time period I'm talking about here, just to get get it down conceptually, um, you would have two accounts now, one IRA worth $990,000 and one Roth with $10,000 in it. So you still have $1 million. It's now just separated in between two different buckets. So. Okay. One is tax-deferred and one is, uh, is uh, tax-free, which is your Roth. Now, you, you would pay tax on that $10,000 you took out, but conveniently, because you just retired at age 60, you're in a pretty low tax bracket. And after your, let's say you had no other income that particular year other than what you took out of your IRA account, that 10000 bucks, because you hadn't claimed Social Security yet. Okay. And you're not, you don't have any, let's say in this case, no pensions. You actually would be, you would have a zero tax because after your, your personal exemptions and your standard deduction, assuming that you didn't have any itemized deductions, you'd pay zero tax on that 10000 bucks. So it cost you nothing. You read me? Nothing. That's no tax. That's a goose egg. To move money from your tax-deferred IRA to your Roth in that particular situation. So more, more likely than not, you have some tax on, on the money, but the point is you're in a very low tax bracket. That would should make you happy, right? Yeah. Um, so if you're itemizing deductions, right, let's say you're six years old, you have a mortgage, um, and that's the only, only thing you have to itemize. Maybe you're going to pay you know, $20,000 or something in interest on your mortgage. Well, guess what? That's tax deductible too. And if you don't have any income to offset that, you're, getting, you're really just losing money in this sense from a tax perspective. Right. Um, so this, you, in essence, you could take out 20000 bucks from your, your IRA, Still pay no tax, but at least get to utilize the, the full amount of your deductions because the IRS is not going to uh, you know, send you a full refund for taxes that you never paid. So anyway, that's the idea behind a Roth conversion. And if implemented on an annual basis between the ages of 60 and 70. That, now, wait a minute. Go ahead. That really is sort of the uh, uh, the Goldilocks zone of, of doing Roth conversions. If you try to do it before 60, at least before you retire, eh, it's probably not a good idea because you're, you're going to pay a lot of tax. You know, you're probably working and have a high income tax bracket. If you're after 70, like I've already said, you're taking Social Security, now you have RMDs, you're going to be in a pretty high tax bracket too. Okay. So between the ages of 60 and 70, you've got to get this timed right. That's right. 
it's critical for success um, in terms of minimizing taxes over your lifetime anyway, if that's what you define success as. And I do. That's one thing as a financial planner. I, I think that, that would be successful. Uh-huh. Right? So anyway, moving money between uh, those accounts during that phase of life can really add up. And I have an example that I, I've worked through here um, that's pretty straightforward. And it, it consists of, again, a person who age 60 has a million dollars uh, in a tax-deferred IRA account and has a half million dollars in a taxable account. Um, and I've, I've orchestrated the exact timing of Social Security in this my example um, where they would start collecting benefits starting at age uh, 64 in this case and receive further benefits as they age until 70. But uh-huh. bottom line is this. Between ages 60 and 70, let's say you converted $436,000, not all at one time, but incrementally between the ages 60 and 70. Systematically. Systematically every year, uh, a certain amount. Um, so not to pay too much in tax in any given year. In fact, in this case, I've kept everybody in, in the 15% tax bracket or less. I like that. So you pay no more than 15% tax the entire time in each year you convert on the, the full $436,000. Um, and by the time you're 70... And let's say the growth rate in the IRA is only 5%, okay. which is pretty reasonable, I think. Yeah, um, it's reasonable. You would have, at age 70, $1.1 million in your IRA account and $606,000 in your Roth IRA. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's pretty amazing. And some of the neat things about Roth. So um, let's say, for example, in any one year you convert, let's say you converted $50,000. Um, let's say you do that in January, right? It's got a lot of sizzle. Yeah. Let's say you do that in January of the year. But let's say the money you put into the Roth, you invested in something, and that investment goes down during the year, which would be bad. But let's say that happened because it's possible. So are you stuck paying tax on 50000 bucks when the current value of the asset, let's say, is $30,000? Yeah. The answer is no. No. You're not, you're not stuck on paying tax because guess what? You can do what's called a recharacterization. <laughs> I was just kidding. I know. You can move the money back into the IRA. And pretend as, as if the conversion never occurred. So that, that would make me real happy. Yeah, I'm not excited that assets went down, but I'm less happy if I have to get to pay tax on something that is worth less now. So you have the opportunity to put money back to where it came from and avoid paying tax unnecessarily. I don't know who that is, but she has a crazy laugh. Uh, and <laughs> Simon, could you get her out of here? And the next thing is this. And I think this is a really neat recall. If you're, oh, if wow. you're, if you're married... Um, and both spouses have money in IRA beep, accounts. Beep. The, the point of the, the conversion strategy is actually to get money into the, the Roth IRA. So it's okay to recharacterize if you need to. But if you have two people who have tax-deferred assets, let's say you converted, uh, uh, let's say I converted my account, part of my account uh, in January, uh, and it goes down in value because the market goes down, and I recharacterize. Well, then, then I can have, at the same time I recharacterize, guess what? My wife also has money in an IRA. I could still convert the full $50,000. And if I invested in the exact same thing, what I'm doing in essence is moving more shares at a lower price. I think I like what you're saying. Which either. is excellent. Um, and then further, you still have until October 15th of the year following the conversion to put money back. So even if that doesn't work out, well, you can still undo it. So lots and lots of flexibility here. And uh, you know, the IRS, I'm not sure why they structured it the way that they did. Um, but it is one of, the, again, the most underutilized tools in retirement, in my view. And probably the most little, uh, you know, little understood as well. Why do you think that is? Because everybody's busy reading the news headlines all day about uh, the next scandal, or you know, it's complicated for one thing. What's, yeah, it's complicated and maybe foreign to a lot of folks. The Roth okay. hasn't been around, around for a long period of time, um, so that's one reason probably. But it is not an easy thing. You have to know the rules and get it right. 
Uh, but they aren't overwhelming, um, although I do work with – well, I won't go into all that. But, yeah, they're not the easiest thing to understand. Uh, but once you get it, boy, it's a, it, you know it's a good deal. It makes you feel good. Yeah. So that's, the, okay. in essence, what a Roth conversion is and all why right. I think it's a good deal. Um, so we got a few minutes. There's a couple other elements of the planning around this retirement advantage program that you've coined and uh, right. and uh, <laughs> trademark um, that you've put together. <laughs> and where uh, um, you're 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 hacking and slicing the savings. Um, That's right. So, go ahead. What what else? Real quick here. I mean, we got some minutes, but what's the next phase uh, of this? What thing? are the other parts of of moving parts of this, and how we're you're helping people plan to maximize their yeah. uh, opportunity set there? And again, this is. These are things that really don't have a lot to do with day-to-day um, market stuff that you have to worry about. Right. Giddy up. Hey, so real quick, uh, let me first put in dollar terms how much in my example I was just reading through. Um, and by the way, I have uh, – we don't have enough time to cover all this on the radio program. but I don't know if there will be enough time. If anyone's interested in talking about this specifically, I'd be happy to do it any time. So give us a call here on the radio program or at our, our headquarters at uh, 800-923-4307 yeah, and just go ahead and ask for Ethan and I'll be happy to speak with you. But in the example I was citing earlier about the Roth conversions, this would save in taxes about $135,000 in tax over the course of 30 years, between 60 and age 90, just by reducing the required minimum distributions that were, were have to be made between 70 and 90. So that's real tax savings, real money that you are going to have in your pocket as a result of this conversion strategy if you fit these circumstances. So the next piece of this, though, let's quickly get to that because we only have a little bit of time. Yeah, just a little. Is what is called asset location. So this is the idea of, of putting investments in particular accounts based on their tax advantage. Um, so there's really three different types of accounts. There's your ordinary taxable account, which we're probably all used to. Um, if you have a brokerage account, uh, it could be individual or joint or a trust account. You're taxed of those things uh, as the gains occur or, or as the income is received. So uh, it's different than a tax-deferred account where, like your IRA or your 401K, you put money in and you'll pay any tax along the way. But once you take money out, then you start paying tax. And then, of course, the Roth account where you, you pay tax money, tax going into it. But once it's in there, it grows tax-free forever. So those are different types of accounts. Um, and this asset placement idea utilizes the, the best tax advantage per type of account. So, for example, if you want to have maximum benefit of converting assets to your Roth, obviously you'd want to put the highest returning asset classes in that account if possible. Okay. So it typically means equity. So ultimately, you'd have a stock type of assets or equity assets or mutual funds inside your Roth. And depending on your overall allocation, you may have then correspondingly less stock or mutual funds uh, or equity types of investments in your IRA account. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So on the one hand, you have the, the highest growth assets in the tax-free environment. In the, the low-growth environment, you have the, uh, the slow-growth assets. So that's what I mean by asset placement. And let's say you, you did that with with working with my existing example here. Uh, we, we only have a few seconds here. Oh, how much time? 15 seconds. 15 maybe. seconds. So we might have oh. to, when we come in next week, I want to talk a little about this retirement distribution program that we're working on. And uh, maybe the lead-in on that, we can we can jump on the, uh, the last part about All what right. we've got here. Okay. Thanks for uh, tuning in this week. We hope some of these ideas you find useful, interesting, and um, applicable. We will be back next week, same time, same place. Empirical Investing Radio, thanks again and have a great week. 
will find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. enjoyed empirical investing radio with ken smith and ethan broga please join us again next thursday afternoon at 5 p.m eastern time and 2 p.m pacific time on the voice america business channel and for more information about empirical investing radio please call 800-923-4307 we'll see you next week 